insert a funny intro song here because I still don't have one and it's not really been on my to-do list but we're gonna get there eventually until then you get to listen to the cringiest intros in the world as I make them up week by week guys we're back for another episode I think this is number nine of deadlifts and daddy issues if you're new here welcome my name is Quinlan Bryan I am your CEO your host your birth giver I'm still sticking with the birth giver thing. I don't know why. Anyways, this is my podcast. And this week, this week is a little extra special. Um, before I get into that, I just want to stop and say that you freaking looking fine again. And I'm grateful for you. I'm also grateful for my listeners who tune in every single week that are here week after week after week and they're getting on socials and they're tagging me and they're sharing the things and they're telling their friends like you guys are the reason that my podcast is as successful as it is. And I literally could not do this without you. And I am as far into this so quickly because you guys continue to do that for me thank you like I it's made me so emotional so many times lately that like this is my life and it's just crazy now like I said this week is extra special because my guest today is someone that I've looked up to in the powerlifting world for a very long time um I followed her at the very start of my journey um just a couple months if that after I had started following Liz And I think that her, as well as her husband, are crazy, incredible people. And I think that what they're doing and where their hearts are at is, like, one of the most genuine things you will ever see. And I've not ever got to meet either one of them in person yet. Um, I've just, I've just based on Instagram. But it's one of those things where you can tell when there's good people and these are good people. These are people whose hearts are in the right spots and... Um, I just, there's, I could go on and on about both of them. I think they're absolutely incredible and I'm fangirling the fuck out because Jessica Rogers is on my podcast today and like I said, I've looked up to her for so long. It's just kind of this surreal moment that she's here and I'm like, how, like, what? Um, so if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Jess is the newest addition to Fortress Athletics. She has signed on with Liz as a coach. So now the Fortress doesn't just have one mommy, but we have two mommies. So like, who wants a mommy? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm pretty sure at this point she's still taking on athletes. If that's something you're interested in, you can message her or you can message um, the Fortress Athletics Instagram page. I'm sure either one will get, well, obviously, if you message her, it's going to get you hooked up with her, but um, if you message the Fortress page, or really even Liz, um, they will get you connected uh, properly. I know I talk about my team a lot, and I know I talk about my coach a lot, and like all that, but if you guys understood, like, and I think at this point, you're <laughs> you're catching on if you're not new here, um, the things that this has done for me in my, like, in my soul, you would not ever shut up about it either. So, I'll always plug them. Liz constantly is sharing and tagging and telling her friends, and, you know, you tell your friends about me, and I'm gonna tell my friends about you. So, that's what's up. I mean, I guess you guys are friends, right? Because, like, you tune into my podcast every week. Maybe this is your first time here. Um, if that's the case... (laughs) You're a little confused right now, but it's fine, honey. You'll be confused way more times than just now. So Jess is here today, and we're I I didn't plan a damn thing for this uh, because Liz said not to. Liz said to go with the flow, and I was like, you know what? That's a good idea, and that's what we did. So without further ado, here is the one and the only Jessica Mama Bear Rogers. Okay, wait, actually, so I always record my intros before a guest comes onto a podcast, but before me and Jess get into the thick of it, um, it's in the description, but I'm gonna go out on a limb with this one and again mention the trigger warning in the beginning. Jess uh, shares her story of her struggle with drugs and alcohol, and I kind of open up about mine as well, 
And so if that is a subject that's going to be hard for you to listen to, that might trigger you, that might upset you, maybe this isn't the episode for you to listen to. However, again, there's a lot of encouragement in this and just taking the like time to listen to Jess and what she went through and to see where she's at now and the things that she's overcome and who she's become since then is just crazy inspirational. And if it's something that you can get through, I would encourage you to because it's it's always encouraging to hear somebody else's story and to see them succeed. Um, at least it is for in, for me anyways. So again, this is your trigger warning now. Um, be prepared. It does get very, very deep um, in the heart of this, but my purpose, I feel like, has always been to help other people and I hope that's what this does. So, okay, now for real, here's me and Jess. Okay, well, so I always, when I have a guest on, I always pre-record their intro, so you won't know what I've said about you until the episode airs on Monday. Okay. Um, Kind of my way of tricking the person that was on the podcast to listen to the podcast, so you're welcome for that one. Cool. Um, Everybody, I would like to once again welcome Jessica Rogers, Mama Bear Rogers. We're calling this episode, Who Wants a Mommy? Oh my god, that's my catchphrase now. That's my that's my thing. It is. So, Jess, why don't you just basically I have no questions picked out. I did absolutely nothing. I took Liz's advice. Did not prepare for this as always. So, <laughs> why don't that's you um introduce yourself to everybody? Okay. Um I am Jessica Rogers, aka Mama Bear. Um I live in Ocean City, Maryland. I'm 40, 41. I like to say 40 fun because, you know, Absolutely. 41 years old, uh, <laughs> USPA national ref, USPA uh, state records chair for Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, um, treasurer of the Papa Bear Strong Foundation, which is a 501c3 charity that my husband and I run together. And also uh, we have a gym in Salisbury, Maryland called the Bear Cave. And now... New and improved Mama Bear is partners with Liz Strain um, for Fortress Athletics. So I'm mommy number two. Two mommies. Two mommies, guys. Two mommies. You ever, if you have daddy issues, I'll fix that for you. I'll give you two mommies <laughs> instead of a daddy. That's right. Um, I mean, we call Liz daddy too. So <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Daddy ever, which is okay. Like, it's not for everybody. No, um, I, I, I mean, it's for me, but you know, that's whatever. Um, so Travis is Jess's husband and I have followed them both for a long time on social media. Um, actually when I kind of started powerlifting, Liz had tagged Jess not too long after I'd followed Liz. And so I was like, oh, she is hot and she lifts really heavy too. follow. And then I followed her husband as well. Talk about hot and lifting heavy, hot and heavy, hot and heavy. Uh, and and it's summer. Yes. It's hot and heavy summer. We're not doing hot girl summer. We're doing hot and heavy girl hot summer. Hot and heavy summer. I'm about it. Um, so you you mentioned that you and Travis have the charity. So do you want to talk about that? Tell us about the charity that you and Travis have. Okay, so Travis is a um I'm making it about him. He's just so fun to talk about though. So I can't help myself because that's my They're the friend. cutest little lovebirds in the entire world. Yeah, it's like disgustingly my adorable. I know he's my best friend too, so I can't help but talk about him and build him up. Um, <clears throat> he's been a school teacher for almost the past eight years in a high need school district. Um, so he decided that he was going to start a nonprofit. So um, he started the Papa Bear Strong Foundation to ultimately help students, under resourced students, and and their families, uh, you know, with anything under the sun, but. Mostly it started as like athletic equipment and stuff because he had a powerlifting club at the high school that he is teaching at. So it just kind of organically blossomed into this awesome thing. And uh, 2019 is when he officially started the charity. So it's awesome. It's really awesome. I mean, he's just great. I sing sing his praises and accolades all the time because he's just, he does it all. He does it all. Um, but yeah, the Papa Bear Strong Foundation, uh, main, its main goal is to um, provide clothing, athletic 
uh, gear, whether it's powerlifting or, you know, any other thing as far as like football or basketball, anything for the kids at school, um, all the way to like food. We just donated a thousand dollars worth of food um, to the school district for the kids and their families because, you know, times are tough, man. So absolutely they are. Yeah. So, you know, every little thing that he can do to, you know, to help them out up there. It's great. Like it's in Seaford, Delaware. That's Seaford High School is where he teaches and it is high needs school district. So. And by yeah. high needs, that means like they're, they're short staff. Like, is that a staffing issue? No, it's basically um, the, the income level of. Oh, okay. Duh, Quinlan. No, no, it's okay. I mean, yeah, but high we needs. We don't are- have like classifications like that around here um I live in like super southern Illinois so like when I tell people that I'm from Illinois I am not anywhere near Chicago and when I say southern (laughs) Illinois that does not mean Springfield that means like two and a half hours more south than in Illinois um but a lot of the area around here is just you know they're below the poverty line so we're kind of I I feel like we would all be classified that way a little bit um they don't really give it like a main classification like that so i never heard that term until just now yeah and, oh, um, oh, I just didn't know. <laughs> don't do that mm-hmm. um but yeah I'll, we consider or not consider but we use the term under resourced because that's exactly what <clears throat> the kids and their families are is under resourced so you know oh, it's just it it's so sad i mean some of these kids just don't even really have a a solid foundation for, you know, as far as family goes at home. A lot of the kids were calling Travis dad, you know, and stuff. Um, a lot of them still do, you know, and he's become a father figure to a lot of the kids, um, especially That's when he awesome. has a powerlifting club going on. So Right, right. Yeah. I also, this is sitting in the front of my head. When you said 41, I did not think you were in your 40s. Not to like randomly change the subject, but if I don't say no. it, I'll forget about it. I was like, 40 what? You're in your 40s? Excuse me? Are you 42 and after? I hope I age as well as everybody else in my life does. Because damn, <laughs> if that's what 40 looks like, then make me 40. Um, I didn't always look this well-preserved. I probably look, <laughs> I sound like, sound like a mummy. Um, who wants a mummy? <laughs> anyway. I I don't know if you know this or not, but I've been in recovery from drugs and alcohol for drugs and alcohol for the over eight years now. It'll be nine years in December um, that I've been sober. So congratulations, first off. Thank you, thank you. Um, so <laughs> I've looked at pictures, mugshots included, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I look terrible. Like, <laughs> and as I've been aging and you know living a clean lifestyle. I can't believe how I'm aging in reverse. And it's just, it's wild. Like when you start to take care of your body, start to take care of everything, like. Right. So wild, like what you can do. Like, I mean, I have a little help too, as far as like, you know, what up Botox and, you know. Well, who doesn't? I am, I just got like a big girl job, but I have, I do like part-time stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. And all of my part-time job money is like, I'm going to get my forehead fixed because I got forehead wrinkles. They're like my biggest insecurity. Because my forehead wrinkles are literally deeper than, like, some women who are in their 50s. Right. I I always talk with my eyebrows raised. (laughs) So, like... I'm the same way. I'm very expressive. So, that was the first thing. I've been getting Botox for probably, like, over 10 years now. I think I started when I was 30. And everybody was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, first of all, mind your business. And second of all, it's when you start that early... Um, I call it preventative. So, you know, you're taking preventative measures to to look better as you age. And I mean, yeah, you're probably going to need more as you age, which I do. But, you know, it's the best one of the best decisions I ever made. And it, you know, I I'm really pleased with how how everything looks. I'm stoked on it, which is something that 10, 11 years ago, I would have said, no, I hate the way I look. And that was also due to, you know, me using and drinking. But it's cool. I, I've had um, collagen put under my eye. I busted my eye socket um, a couple of years back. And so it kind of looks like, because there's not a whole lot of bone structure there, um, right. like towards the corner of my eye. So it kind of looks like I have an eye bag all the time, like no matter how much sleep I get or whatever. Right. It's more dominant on the left side of my face. 
and I got collagen put in it to like get rid of it and it disappeared for a while but it's coming back and like I will not take pictures with the left side of my face showing I'm like unless I have like 10 pounds of concealer on I'm like nope you can see my eye bag I don't want anybody to see my eye bag yeah I mean Um, things are hang-ups that were like oh my god don't take that picture from that angle and all (laughs) yeah literally my freaking I can't avoid my forehead wrinkles but you know at least you know I'm an expressive person yeah (laughs) Yeah. So go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, that'll happen a lot. I don't know how to like, um, like properly allow space for conversations. Like things just come to my head. I'm like, oh no, that's good. Let it happen. Just let it happen. It's perfect. (laughs) And that's why you can go back and edit. Exactly. My editing skills are at like a solid C plus now. So we're getting better. Um, not fantastic, but we're getting better. We're, we're learning it's a process and there's like I said like so before me and Jess got on here we spent probably like 25 minutes trying to figure out how to make each other talk and how to be able to hear each other because I was like Jess Jess can you hear me and I could see my little like circle guy going green but I was like Jess doesn't say anything so I don't think she can hear me I was screaming at my macbook <laughs> can you hear me? I was like hello hello <laughs> and like, oh my god this is really embarrassing because nothing's happening and I just got this computer too. So I'm kind of like, great. I just feel, I feel like my mom, when she gets a new phone, like when my mom got a smartphone, finally, that's how I feel with this MacBook. I'm like, I am ill-equipped to deal with this technology. I don't know what's happening. I've only had my MacBook for like a year-ish, not quite a year. My mom gave it to me last year when she upgraded hers and I have been Windows, so, like, I kind of game on the side when I have free time, but I've always gamed with Windows. Oh, okay. And so I've only known Windows my entire life, and then she gives me this, like, foreign piece of technology. I'm like, what do you, what the fuck do you expect me to do with this? What, <laughs> what is this? So, mm, that's a whole fun thing. Okay, so, deadlifts and daddy issues. Obviously, I talk about powerlifting 99% of the time. Yes. Um, so, when I started, I was watching people like Jess and Liz and kind of following them and watching where like how heavy they were going and tried to like guess everything based on that um that was that was how kind of started powerlifting essentially I mean it was like following programs but not like like I couldn't figure out where numbers were coming from like I'm watching all these people do all these like heavy and I'm like well what made you decide to go do that today what made you decide to squat for 254 times like whatever Right. Um, so how? So tell us how long you've been powerlifting and what got you into powerlifting. Okay. So um, I've been powerlifting proper, I guess you could say. <laughs> no, I don't even want to say that. We'll just start at the very beginning. I guess I started like trying to focus on squat bench and deadlift um, in 2014, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just like, what am I doing? I was very new to the gym too. I had just gotten my certification to be a personal trainer. I was, this was basically right out of the gate after I had gotten clean. So I was like, okay, let's turn our life around because, you know, I'd been a bartender for 12 years and worked in the service industry. And I just basically was like, okay, I have to change everything. I eventually, after being in the gym for a while and just doing cardio, I was terrified of weights. (laughs) scared of the machines I don't want to look like an idiot like and this is you know of course the the time old tale that like everybody tells you like I started off in the gym and I didn't know what I was doing and I was super scared like I didn't even want to get on like a leg press or anything because I was like I don't know but then you know I started learning a little bit more also as I was doing my uh certification for personal training and I started learning a little bit more and more every day <clears throat> and then finally started squatting wrong I will add it was terrible I still feel like I squat wrong but same I can't figure out how to like because it's like corkscrew into the ground and like externally rotate your knees yes. and I'll, I'll start there but the second I start to get even like towards parallel she gone forget it yeah like, I I was I was not hitting depth for a long time and then when I started getting, you know, more enamored with powerlifting and like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh, I have to squat deeper than this. And I'm like, oh right. shit, I don't know if I'm ever going to, I'm never going to make it. Um, But yeah, so I started getting into powerlifting in 2014, but very like gradually and uh, 
Travis and I got it in, into it together. So it was cool because we would go to the gym together and it was wild. He was already lifting before, but he was doing more like bodybuilding stuff. And then, right. you know, we, we became each other's workout partner. And it was just funny because I think back to those days, like, God, we didn't know anything, but it's so nostalgic to think about it. Like, those are really fun, fun times in the gym. Cause How long have you guys been together? Um, we've been together <laughs> since early 2014. Okay, ew. Like, ew, I say ew because, like, ew, how cute. But, like, okay. <laughs> I know, I know. If people so don't together. follow you, they're like, Quinlan, why are you being so rude? Because they're literally the disgustingest, adorablest. We're not, though, because, like, we're not all over, like, each other on social media. We're not all like, babe, I love you. Like, we're not, no, like. But it's, I like. It's genuine. Like when you do make a post about, because like you'll make a post on your story or Travis will make a post on his or whatever, you can tell that they're like genuine words and feelings and like it just makes it so gross. Like, (laughs) it's so gross in like a cute way. Like, no, I know what you mean. You're like, ew, I love them. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. I'm, I'm on my, on my interrupting thing. Oh my God. No, it's fine. It's your show. Um, your show. What am I like? Sixty-five. Not like my mom. Anyway, it's your show. Your like show. saying the Walmart. I'm oh, going yeah, to the Walmart. Walmart. I'm going to the Target. <laughs> so yeah, um, we started getting into like more squatting, benching, and deadlifting, and you know, we had so much to learn, and still have so much to learn. Clearly, it's always evolving. That's the great thing about the sport is that you're just when you think you've got it you don't and you got to constantly change like your form your setup whatever your leverages change um but we did that lifting in in the gym for a while um kind of just flying by the seat of our pants and then we were like let's let's get into competing like is this a thing is this something around us is it something we can do um and we did our first meet i believe in 2016 and it was just that your first meet is always your favorite meet. I feel like right. like those feelings are just, I still can like transport myself back to that and, and just feel exactly how I felt in that moment. Like it was so fun. It was oh, so yeah, exhausting. It was so scary, but it was the best. Like your first meet is always so memorable. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we started competing in 2016 and we've been competing ever since. We've done mostly USPA meets. We've done a couple RPS meets. I don't, you know, now that we're so involved with with the USPA as far as being, you know, refs and um, I'm a state records chair. He's the records chair. Or I'm sorry. He's the state chair for Maryland and Delaware. Um, you know. We're and you guys host fun. meets at the Bear Cave too, don't you? We do. We host. We're not meet directors, but we do host here and we have all the equipment and stuff here. Um, so it's kind of a dream for directors to travel here and and be like, well, shit, we don't have to really bring much anything because you guys got it all on lock. And it's like, hell right. yeah, because you're not just going to set up at like a random commercial gym or, you know, general fitness gym. So, um, but yeah, so we've done mostly USPA meets um, and I don't know, it just it's just been snowballing ever since. And it's it's freaking cool. We love it. Um, and now, you know, with Travis getting into equipped lifting, of course, now I've made the, you know, the leap. I was in a deadlift suit today. So that I've seen that. I noticed Travis's, well, he hasn't done it very long, probably like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, hold on. Is he in a suit right now? Yeah. So he actually started changing over to equipped lifting, which not a lot of raw lifters know much about because, you know, raw's so popular, which, right. you know, rightfully so. I, I love both. Um, but you know, before his accident, he was getting into like, you know, single ply, multiply, he was squatting in briefs, you know, he's always, he's been competing in raw or classic raw. So that's with wraps, knee wraps. Um, he's been doing that pretty much most of the time he's been competing, but then he's decided like, Hey, let's cross over into equipped. But then he had his accident, uh, bilateral quad tear, which means he ruptured both of his quad tendons. So back in March. Um, but as he was progressing and back in the gym, as soon as he was able, he was throwing, you know, equipment back on again. And it's crazy. It's just crazy to see him. Oh, the whole watching him was like, it was the most mind blowing thing I've ever, cause I've had injuries, not anything. I've not anything I've had to have surgery for, but, 
Um, I have a lot of issues with my hips. And so like that takes me out for weeks. And I'm like, this man just had both of his quads worked on and he's in the gym like three weeks later. It was crazy. I loved the first day we were back in the gym. I love that for him. It was, I know it was huge for him. Um, you know, it was huge for me because our, our whole lives were just completely changed, completely right. changed. Um, but him getting into equipment, into equipped, you know, powerlifting, it's, it's been so cool and it's so much fun. And I don't know, I can't speak highly, speak of it highly enough. Did I say that right? I don't know. Um, but I love it so far. It's painful, but not, it's painful in a different way. Like as far as like, it's my back doesn't hurt. My hips don't hurt right now, but like the pressure of being in a suit and briefs is wild. And I haven't even been in a bench shirt yet. So <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Um, okay. So Jess is, was newly like literally two weeks ago, brought on to Fortress Athletics as a, another coach. And, um, what so what made you decide on that venture where you have you coached obviously you've coached athletes before that's a stupid question what <laughs> made you decide to go and coach like this like with Liz okay so <laughs> I don't even know if I I decided on my own I think Liz was just like you're my person come be with me and I was yeah. like bro of course, of course. <laughs> um <clears throat> it was funny the way that it happened. Well, I have been a personal trainer since 2014 and I have programmed and coached athletes. I've handled athletes before. Um, and I was always frustrated in commercial gyms and stuff because I wanted to do more powerlifting focused <clears throat> coaching and training and, and the like. But, you know, when you're in a regular commercial gym, people are like, what's powerlifting? I'm like, okay. So that didn't really work out for me as far as that goes. So I kind of like it just fell by the wayside with me coaching and, and programming and stuff. It was just, it was crazy. Like one day Liz just messaged me. Um, one of our uh, teammates, Kim Mossberg, she mm -hmm. was visiting Liz and <laughs> Liz was like, I just need somebody to help me because I have, you know, so many athletes and so many more inquiries. And I just, I wish I had somebody that was like my person that was perfect for this. And Kim was like, what about Mama Bear? And Liz is like, yeah, yeah, you know, that would be great. And like, that was it. And then she finally, she told me about the conversation she was having with Kim. And she's like, do you have a clone? Do you have somebody that, you know, can help me out that's just like you? And I was like, Liz, I'm right here. I'm right here. Like, you can, or do you want to ask me? Like, you want to ask, like, it's like asking to marry you almost. Yeah. Like yeah, I was like, I'm right here. I'm your person. And it was funny. I, th I wish I could go back and find the exact message. Um, but I was like, hi, I'm right here, asshole. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what that's I That's amazing. Yeah. And she was like, are you serious? And then like, after that, it just, you know, it just worked out. Like, you know, so now I'm also a head coach and her partner. So it's, it's really wild. Like, uh, you know, it sucks though, because when we made the announcement, I was still in the thick of COVID. So I'm like, Daddy out there getting everybody right now. I know, I know. But um, I had it literally the week before. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild, man. It's just wild. Um, you can probably. Honest, hmm? I have not like regularly trained since I had, like, I'm getting to the gym some days. Mm -hmm. But Liz just sent me my program for the new block, and this will be like I'm getting back on schedule. I'm going back to the gym regularly. But the week after I had it, I was so tired. Oh yeah, like I could only get like my main, um, like I get my like whatever, like my top set was like a four by three at whatever, and I would get that done, and then I'd want to be done. So yeah. then I would push myself through like because you have your main lift, and then you have like your alternate you know, whatever else that you do with a barbell. And then sometimes we have a third one. So I would make myself get through that first chunk before accessories. But I was so drained by the time I got to accessories. I was like, well, okay, good enough. Going home. <laughs> oh, dang. I mean, that, I mean, fatigue is huge. It's a huge part of it, but I know. And it happens without COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I am a tired person without it. Now it's like tired plus. So exactly. Um, a subscription I, I would like to unsubscribe to. Yeah, I don't want tired plus anymore. Um, but yeah, I'd, 
now sales like I'm so sick and like people were like oh my god how do I sign up and I was like I'm so sorry I have COVID like it was I had 101 fever for like four days and I was like my brain's cooking like I just couldn't I like couldn't focus on my messages but then like one day the brain fog just lifted and I was like let's do this shit and then I got back to um <clears throat> the gym and and started lifting and and things are feeling good, knock on wood, so far. So this has been... Your voice sounds fine. I'm a little, like, duffy, but, <clears throat> you know, it is it is what it is. So, but, um, but yeah, so Liz made the announcement, and people were like, oh, my God, I'm so stoked. And I, I was, I wanted to, you know, express how stoked I was laid up on the couch. So, um you know, people have been very understanding about it too, with me catching up and getting back to life as, you know, it was poor. So. Right. Well, on top of like, like you mentioned, Travis's injury was just right before all this. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's been, 2022 has been pretty, pretty interesting, but still rewarding and still good nonetheless. I mean, there's been a lot of good things, Uh, you know, the way I look at life now, it's like, yeah, stuff shitty, shitty things happen, but great things happen too. So I feel like it all balances itself out. I was just looking through our messages because like, okay, what do I want to ask? Like, Jessica <laughs> fucking Rogers is on my podcast. What do I want to ask? saying that. I am just an old lady. I do not think that at all. I still remember, <laughs> I'm going to wrap myself out. I still remember I was sitting um, at work when you had followed me back on Instagram and I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my god like i freaked the fuck out but i'm just me like that's a thing i'm not listen if travis rogers follows you back then it's like an oh my god moment (laughs) because followers does he have now like fifty thousand. i have like 7k i'm like ooh, look at me and now that they've given a link to everybody now you don't have to swipe up when you hit 10k so now it just doesn't feel that special anymore i don't even know what that means i'm only like two (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter who cares but oh, no. it, but but when you put me up on a pedestal like that it makes me feel like oh my god like what have I done and to make people look up to me and then I realize like oh shit don't fuck up because people look up to you well and so like here's the thing is like you've you are pretty I wouldn't like you're just so genuine and so real and and I say this about you and Travis both like I love how neither one of you are afraid to be like, this is my boundary. This is our boundary. This is where we stand. And you're not going to cross that. Oh, yeah. That's because I've never, it wasn't until last year that I actually learned how to like set boundaries. I let people walk all over me. And so I look at that aspect of you guys and I'm like, I, I like, I, I'm getting better. Yeah. But I wish I could be like that, like, this is where we stand and you're not going to change that. Well, that didn't, that wasn't always the way things, you know, that wasn't always how it was. Uh, Right. We, (laughs) we went through a lot of like phases where people would just use and abuse and walk all over us. Like we should have just been human doormats, but, um, you know, the boundaries thing has, is kind of a new thing to us, especially in the last couple of years, like creating those boundaries because you have to, when you have a gym and you have to, absolutely when you have a facility where, you know, people need to stay safe, you know, people need to act right. People need to treat your equipment that you have, you know, invested in with respect. People have to just respect others. It's so you have to create those boundaries. And, you know, for so long, we just sort of like let people walk all over us. Not saying that we're like pushovers, but we're like kind to a fault, like, right. You know, and there's, it comes a point in time where you have to just be like, Jesus, you have to create those boundaries or else people are just going to like, people are going to walk out. They're going to steamroll you. Thank you. You Travis Rogers left the building. Oh, Travis Rogers left the building, guys. (laughs) He just gave me the key to the gym. So I have to. (laughs) You're in charge now. (laughs) Yeah. He's got, we feed Chuggy. He's just nodding his head. He don't want to say anything. He doesn't want to be. It's okay. I I wouldn't either. It's a podcast that literally has daddy issues in the name. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not Daddy Bear Rogers. He's Papa Bear Rogers. He's Papa Bear Rogers. That's true. Is there what what gave you guys the nickname Mama Bear and Papa Bear? 
Oh, the kids at the at the high school in the powerlifting club. That's so cute. Isn't that cute? They uh, gifted him a a pioneer belt, and it had Papa Bear Rogers embroidered on the back. Oh my gosh, my heart. I know. And then I was like, well, shit, I guess that makes me. <laughs> right, right. You know, it just kind of, um, it just kind of all came together. But I'll never forget it was nationals, uh, USPA nationals in Ohio in 2019. And I changed my Instagram name to Mama Bear Rogers. That's where I officially changed it. Oh, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Even That's though the kids already called me Mama Bear, but I was like, right. You know need to do that so I, I officially changed it that's so freaking oh my heart ow <laughs> is um, it our ew <laughs> our ew kind of both <laughs> oh my God. i swear i have the capability to feel things people no 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 i get it and i'm i'm the same way like ew you guys are so cute exactly ew you're so cute that's the perfect way to put it um <laughs> So I was looking through our messages and I we have mentioned that it's okay to talk about your past with like re addiction and recovery. Yeah. Um I'm 100% transparent and open about it. Absolutely. Okay. So I would love for you to go into that. I think that that would be a really good thing for people to hear because I know that that's not something that I'm open about. Okay. Um when people hear that like I don't, I don't celebrate it like I should. I just hit um, six years sober uh, in the first week of June, um, and that's so dope. Congrats! Thank you. Um, I just remember my baby sister was had just been born, and it was just kind of like oh, my mom had a really rough um, delivery, mm -hmm. and so I had to be there to help mom recover. But also, like, there's a new baby in the house. And so I literally woke up and I flushed everything and oh. I texted who I considered my best friend at the time. And I was like, um, so <laughs> <laughs> I just did this and it's like two o'clock in the morning and I don't, I'm sitting in my bathroom floor. Like what the fuck? So mm -hmm. that was kind of where like sobriety started for me. Um, I'm okay. very grateful that I never did relapse. Good. I, I have had a support system. And I think, honestly, my siblings were, like, a huge motivation. Like, I wanted them to, like, see me succeed and to be a role model for them. And so mm -hmm. that was just kind of, like, my – I wasn't going back down that path kind of thing. Right. Um, and I got away from all of the friends that I used to hang out with. I I really just threw myself into work. I was working all the time. And I I had one, one best friend that I spent – if that person was in town, I spent every waking moment with them – and it kept me, I think, like, it kept me clean long enough to learn how to be clean by myself. And I've yeah. just kind of done it ever since. So that's, like, my short story. But um, I feel like a lot of people get really, are really ashamed of, like, that they had that kind of past. Right. And that that, that was who they were and that, you know... I, like, I feel like I'm not the only closet sobriety person. Is that oh what I'm... Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And whether or not you choose to share your you know, your story, that's completely up to you. That's personal information that you don't have to disclose to the world. You don't have to tell people. That's that's something you can keep close to the heart or that's something that you can, you know, scream from the rooftops. It's it's up to you because it's your it's your story. It's your life. Right. So you know, I I choose to be open because I was never a super open person to begin with. <clears throat> but becoming, you know, a sober person um everything kind of changed for me like I changed a lot of things about myself so I kind of thought about it like I wish I had somebody like me now when I was really going through it you know right um so I kind of think about it that way and I'm like well if I had somebody like me back then I I may have gotten out of it sooner but the way things happened were exactly how they were supposed to happen so absolutely yeah um so I never really like did drugs or drank in school like in high school or anything like I you know dabbled with alcohol here and there and it was like whatever you know like dumb stuff like right. here we have a thing called senior week where like seniors from um 
like Baltimore area, we'll go to, cause that's where I'm from originally in Baltimore, um, go to ocean city where I live now. And like seniors in high school, when they graduate, they go to ocean city for the week and you know, senior weeks, woo, everybody gets drunk and shit. Like, I think I drank maybe like one drink the whole time. Like my friends at the time were not drinkers. It was like, not a big deal. Like there was like one night where we had like drinks and everybody ended up getting sick. Cause it wasn't our thing, you know? Um, <clears throat> but like, as time went on and as I got older, it was weird. Like I started just falling down that rabbit hole of, you know, booze and stuff, especially, I don't want to blame the service industry, but when I became a server and a bartender, Oh my God. Like it was just like normal. It was normal. Um, so I'd say, you know, from probably 23 all the way until 33 for those 10 years i was just going hard like super duper hard um as far as drinking um never really did many drugs aside from you know cocaine and some pills but i never did any intravenous drugs or anything like that so uh, and weed was not something that i enjoyed like I don't like coughing. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I didn't, I hated it. Like I'd eat an edible before I'd, you know, do that. So alcohol was always my main thing. And then after that, it was cocaine. So those were the two, two big ones for me. Um, So, you know, 10 years being a bartender, basically just being around that life where it's normal. It's like completely normal to keep weird hours. It's completely normal to work under the influence. It's completely normal to go out after hours until the sun comes up and, you know, do God knows what. So that was basically the lifestyle that I was living and it was, it was taking its toll. It was taking its toll. It's just wild to think about it now. Cause I haven't really sat and reflected about it. Um, right recently and like retold my story so this going through this is very like it's not hard at all it's just like wow like right um so i guess it was late 2000 i'm just going to jump right into like rock bottom for me because i could tell stories about using and drinking for (laughs) we'd have so much content (laughs) maybe for the patreon Um, yeah perfect (laughs) No, I don't know if I want to tell those stories. But yeah, late 2013, it was right before Christmas. And uh, Christmas is my favorite holiday, by the way. But Ew. It, okay. <laughs> I'm such a Grinch. Uh, it's okay. A lot of people say the same thing to me. I freaking love Christmas. Like, I just do. I love, I love the time of year from September 1st to December 25th. That's my time. Like, from fall until... And Christmas and then you can have January through freaking August you can have it all I don't like it I don't want it <laughs> but that's just that's just me I have um, no like dramatic memories of Christmas either but like I don't know man it just doesn't sit right with me I'm like uh yeah okay. it's not for everybody but it's very uh it's very ironic that I hit rock bottom so close to Christmas right um, a lot of people struggle at that time of year. It's probably the top time for people to struggle <clears throat> uh, mentally and with, you know, their addictions and whatnot. So while it makes sense in that aspect, it doesn't make sense because that's my favorite time of year. So yeah. it that always chokes me up when I talk about that because it just makes me so upset that I was so sad and so like downtrodden that like my favorite time of year but that just goes to show like how how troubled I was absolutely um, but it was um December 21st 2013 is my sobriety date so it was the evening of December 20th um 2013 that I went out and was drinking by myself met up with people that I knew by chance um, and ended up, you know, partaking in some illegal substances on top of, you know, copious amounts of alcohol. And I just, I ended up in the ER, ultimately ended up in the ER. Uh, my mom actually had to come to my house. My boyfriend at the time 
had to call my mom and say, you know, Jessica's out of control. I was trying to like run out back of my house. There's like a tree line with like a creek. I was like trying to like, like, I don't know, go face down in the creek. I don't know what I was doing. Like I was off my freaking rocker um, because there was so much shit in my system. And I was just, I was wild. Um, so my mom called 911. They came and got me. They legit strapped me to the gurney and put me in the, put me in the ambulance and they took me to the ER. I remember none of this. I might remember like bits and pieces, but I, right. I, I don't hardly like, there's like flashes that I remember. <clears throat> but um, the next morning I woke up in the ER. I didn't even know what hospital I was in. I had no clue. I didn't know. I was just like, where am I? What happened? I was sore. I was covered in bruises. I had blood on me. I'm assuming it was my own. I was hoping it was my own. I had like sticks in my hair. I had vomit in my hair. And I'm just staring at the clock with like one eye open, like, where the hell am I? And um, a nurse came in and I was like, where am I? What happened? And she just laughed at me. Like, Mm. I mean, if that just goes to show how addicts get treated. Right. You know, I'm not saying that happens everywhere, but that was very telling. I was just like, wow, that's freaking terrible. Um, She just laughed at me and just rolled her eyes. And I was like, holy shit, like nobody wants to help me. Like I must have been a freaking nightmare. So um, my mom was called. My mom eventually came. She looked like she hadn't slept in like days but it was just overnight, but I probably aged my mother probably a good 10 to 12 years just overnight. Right. Um, She came, uh, they have something called CRT crisis response team um, had to come because I was a danger to myself the night before. Um, So basically they came in, my mom came in and we all had to come to Jesus where they were like, okay, you've been in and out of the ER for similar things several times this year. Like, this isn't my first rodeo in the ER this year, like that year. Right. Um, They were like, you have to make a decision before you end up in trouble and you either don't make it out alive or it's court ordered. So I was like, okay. So we made the decision then and there to go to rehab. I don't think I had health insurance at the time. So there was no way in hell I was going to be able to afford um, inpatient. So they did allow me to go for intake um, at the health department and then decide that I could do outpatient rehab, which I did. <sighs> it was wild. It was like, I was like sitting there the whole entire time, like, I don't freaking belong here. Right. But when they asked me to tell my story and how I ended up there, I was like, oh, I overdosed on cocaine that was laced with meth and ketamine. And I, had a blood alcohol level of 0.314 and I went into cardiac arrest. Wow. So, of course, these are all things that I did not know until that next morning too in the ER. Right. Um, but I still like had that cavalier attitude that when I, even when I was an outpatient, they were like, okay, you know, when I was like, I don't belong here. And they were like, well, tell us your story. And when I said those words, finally out loud to a room of like several other addicts, it, it made sense. Like, I was like, yeah, I belong here. (laughs) Like, I definitely need to be here. That was my rock bottom. I gave me goosebumps. I'm so glad you talked about that. Well, I've had people in the past say, oh, well, when you're better. And I'm like, oh, that's not how this works. Or, oh, when you're older, you'll be able to just sit and have a glass of wine. Honey, that ain't a thing. That is not a thing with me. This was life or death with me. I cannot just sit and have one glass of wine. I can't sit and have a beer. I can't have a shot. I can't, you know, eat an edible. I can't. can't Right. Can't do one rail off the back of a toilet, honey. That's not how it works. Exactly. And that's how I feel about like, and it gets really, really, really complicated when I, when you have a, like rheumatoid is I will do everything in my power, including sit and just cry because it hurts so bad to not take a pain pill. Right. Because I'm so terrified of what is that going to like? What if that opens up a gate? I was in a car accident in November and I was on muscle relaxers for a week. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I told the doctor specifically, I was like, listen, I have a past of drug abuse. I was like, you need to prescribe me a week at a time. 
Yes. Because I'm afraid of myself. That's so smart, though. And I'm glad you brought that up because <clears throat> when Travis had his accident, and Travis is sober as well, um, he's exactly, his sobriety date's exactly one month after mine. When he had his, yeah. his accident and his surgery, he, you know, of course, had to go under and right. anesthesia makes you feel some type of way, but they also had to prescribe him something for pain. Um, not so much. I mean, he did have a little bit of something beforehand, um, before the surgery, but after the surgery, I mean, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many staples he had. Well, yeah, know, they cut both of his legs wide open. Cut both of his legs wide open from the top of his shin to the bottom of his quad and, you know, reattached his tendons and, and, you know, drilled through the bone and put anchors in and everything to reattach and, you know, then stapled him up. Of course, he's going to need something. We can't just Absolutely. do like, oh, I'll just have, you know, ibuprofen. No, but we were very adamant and it was wild to oh. me, the people in the hospital, how they looked at us like we were insane when we were like, hey, like we're both in recovery. Give us what, you know, the least the lesser of all evils here, like, and then we'll go from there. But we, we were very concerned because they prescribed him Oxy and they prescribed him Flexerol, which is a muscle relaxer. But, you know, they also prescribed, I forget what else they prescribed, but they did have him on morphine for a while too because the pain was just so insane. Oh, absolutely. I can't even imagine. No. So, but when I, we were meeting with the anesthesiologist before surgery and I'm telling her like, hi, we're in recovery, blah, blah, blah. She just looked at us and then like made some joke. And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, <laughs> I gave her, I was like, lady, don't play. Like, this is not, this is like, I'm asking a legit question and we are being upfront with you right now. Like what, like we're scared. And I say we, because I'm ultimately going to be taking care of him when he finally comes right. home from the hospital. Those pills are going to be in my home. Like, it's just very uncomfortable. Like, it was very, yeah. I just wanted, I wanted some answers and I wanted to be treated with some sort of respect. But I feel like being an addict, you know, is still to this day so taboo. People just, even in the healthcare biz, like, look at you. Absolutely. Like, you kids. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what in the world? I, and I think that's why I get so afraid to like, and I don't want to be afraid to talk about it. And I'm really glad that we're doing this because this is like really the first time I've ever like, outside of a very few select people, this is the first time I've ever sat down and been like, hi, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, my, like, I only struggled for probably a year and a half. And it just so happened that this certain person came into my life as I had probably hit what I would consider rock bottom because on top of I'm dealing with eating disorders I'm also dealing with this right and but I get like anytime I've gone to a specialist or something I'll be like okay what are like at home remedies like I know you want to hand me you know muscle relaxers and I know you want to just hand me oxy and send me home but like I don't want to take that right and most people will be like oh well you you know or they'll go into like you'll tell your friend or like friends or people that you know about it and they're like well why don't you just take it and sell it or you know like oh well I'd kill to be prescribed that stuff and I'm like no no no, you don't get it <laughs> you right. don't understand what kind of floodgate that that could possibly open right yeah well so that was um you know we can line it up a little bit I feel like this is probably a good time to anyways um so I'm like sitting like scrolling through our messages like okay and um let me just read you hang on let me read you your exact text okay I said um, so we're talking about getting discord set up and I said, is there anything specific that you want to talk about slash don't want to talk about? And you said, I don't believe so. I mean, whatever you want to discuss, I'm game. My sobriety, recovery, powerlifting, my hilarious married life, pooping my pants or slash trying not to. <laughs> I was pooping. <laughs> were you pooping when you sent me that message? No, no, no. I said oh. it was. I don't know. I was like, well, I don't that? know. I could have been. I do some of my best work there. I truly do. I Mine's truly. in the shower. Did you know? Okay, Travis Rogers and I call my husband by his full name a lot of times, and it's really funny to me. I don't know why, so I'm just gonna go with it. Travis Travis. Rogers just gave me the funniest bit of information about somebody doing some of their best work on the toilet, and it was actually Post Malone. Oh my gosh. Post Malone was on the Howard Stern show, and he said that he's written roughly 30% of all his albums on the toilet. 
taking a shit. And I thought that was so funny and that made me like him even more. I'm dead right now. Like, my mind is blown. (laughs) Post Malone. I know. And I was like, I love that for you. I love that for you. But he he, um, played that clip for me. I guess he was watching something on Instagram or something. And he's like, (laughs) we were dying. We were laughing. I was like, see? I was like, I knew I liked that guy. That's so fucking funny. Oh I'm like my! This big, like closet, like post Malone fan. I mean, I just I'm a I like I like some of his music. I mean, I'm an old fart, so I don't freaking. Sometimes I hear shit and I'm like, who who sings that? Like, oh my god, I'm the worst. Like, I don't listen I, to anything past 1998, the year I graduated from high school. Wrap that around your, wrap your brain around that. I won't tell you about the year 1998 for me. Oh, were you born? Uh, I turned a year old in 1998. Oh Jesus. That's okay. Travis Rogers is 10 years younger than me. I would never guess that either. But see, I'm still just mind blown at the fact that you're 40. I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? 40 fun. 40 fun. <laughs> but see, and like, I think about Liz, because people will be like, oh, how old's your coach? And I'm like, Thir- no way. She just turned 40. And I are, 41. She's, she's a little bit younger than me. I'm still the you elder. You guys don't look like it. Also, but like, so I feel like I had to grow up. Not I had to, but I feel like I grew up really fast. And mm-hmm. so, like, I don't hang out with people my age. Like, all of my oh. friends are well into their 30s and 40s. And and I don't, like, I can't pinpoint to an exact time in my life where I was like, this happened and I had to grow up. I mean, like, my parents got divorced, but it wasn't, like, traumatic or anything. Right. Um, after, like, the initial, like, dad moving out kind of thing, like, there was no more fighting. My parents got along really well. They co-parented amazingly. Like, I was very, very lucky in that. Right. And so I'm not like, oh, well, it's because my parents got divorced. Well, that was actually probably, like, a better option than what would have happened if my parents would have stayed together. Right. But right. I just remember being, like, my whole life just, like, way old for my age. And I do right. not like people. The more into my 20s I get, I'm okay with people. But, like, I never got along with people that were in their early 20s when I was in my early 20s. You know what? I don't think I did. <laughs> like, I was over everybody. Like, my best friend is, like, 35, I think. Oh, really? I don't, I'm honestly really bad with ages. Like when I meet somebody, so like Liz, I met her at 39. She'll forever be 39 in my head. Oh. Um, for is some she, reason, my grandmother she, has never aged past 67. Wait, your grandmother? Yeah. Like, she's well past 67. She's like in her late seventies, but in my brain, she's still like 67. Oh, that's, oh my God. My mom's 66. So <gasps> like, I just, I don't know. People don't ever... People don't age in my brain. I, my yeah. sister will be 20 this year. I still sh- say that she's 18. No, I know. Don't I still know why. think my half-brother's eight because he's eight years younger than me, and I still think I'm 16, I guess. I don't know. So I choked on my own spit. <laughs> don't do that. I'm supposed to do that. The old lady's supposed to choke on her own spit. But see, like, <laughs> my mouth doesn't produce it all the time. Okay, that's a problem. <laughs> I have Sjogren's. Oh, and- and I actually know what that is. So I'm not being like, oh, okay. Like, no, no. I, actually, I actually know what that is. So you get dry mouth a lot. Yeah. And my eyes, um, they don't produce tears properly. Oh my God. And it like, it comes and goes in waves. And so like, I'll, oh, I'll str- that was so dramatic. <laughs> I'll go like, we- like days or weeks. And I think the longest episode I had with it was two and a half months where like, I'm constantly just slamming water i'll slam diet soda because the bubbles like help me salivate and it feels really good in my mouth when it's super dry but i don't want the sugar like all the sugar and all the calories so i drink soda zero i know it's not really technically any better for you but like whatever that's that's the better of that's for another podcast yeah yeah, that's shit yeah um so or like and I can't get myself to drink like LaCroix. I think that tastes like you cut a fruit in half and stuck it under running water in the sink and like oh, let okay. it fall into a bowl <laughs> and then like, drink it. That's like they – have you seen those memes They like a few years ago? It was like LaCroix tastes like, you know, somebody put a Skittle in a glass of water a mile Literally. away from you – know. I hate LaCroix. Everybody's like, well, you should – or sparkling water. I'm like, no. That is to like me. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Travis Rogers likes it. I don't like it. Mm -mm, No, no thanks. It like freaks my brain out. Yeah. Needs to be sweet. Yeah. I'm like, there's bubbles, but there's no flavor. What's, what is happening? Yeah. I don't, I don't like my spicy water to not have flavor. Yeah. Like, ew. Like, Like, have you seen dogs react to spicy water? Yes. Oh, those are my favorite. 
Yes, those are my They favorite. lose their shit. And I'm like, yeah, same, buddy. Like, if someone gave me sparkling, oh, here, this is Sprite, and there was no Sprite flavor to it, I lose my mind, too. Oh, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite reels when dogs have spicy water. I have a TikTok problem. I use, so, like, one of my main hobbies is makeup, and I love to play in makeup, and I love to play in makeup, like, on other people. Right. And... So I'll do like makeup transitions. So like my busted face, like I ain't got nothing on. I don't think I've ever recorded a TikTok without my eyebrows though. Oh no. No, my, listen, when we're all in Kansas City, I will show everybody my freaking non-existent eyebrows and then y'all will see why I fill in my eyebrows. Did you shave them off? No, they're just like, so my natural hair color is pretty light. Like really blonde. Not blonde, but like very light brown. Okay. But my eyebrows are almost blonde, and I don't understand what the logic to that is. Um, I don't know if that has something to do with, like, the autoimmune disease. I don't know. It could. It could very well have to do that with that. But also, think about, like, men. A lot of times, men's beards do not match their hair color. True. Yeah. I didn't even think about it like that. And, and like, then, like, it's just wild. And if we go back to the episode that Jack was on, we all know that I have a random eyebrow hair that grows in the middle of my forehead. Oh, see, I haven't even listened to that episode yet. I'm a terrible person. No, you're not. Um, he wouldn't be on my podcast if you're a terrible person. <laughs> but you have one random eyebrow hair that grows right in the center? Yeah. So um, I don't remember which medication or which like round of medication it was that they put me on, but like I just had an awful response to it. Like my body like just didn't like it and was like shutting down and like weird things were happening and so um we hadn't figured that out yet we just they thought that I was just getting sicker Mm -hmm. they hadn't figured out that it was medication related and so now like my I only have certain patches of hair on my legs that grow okay um and I've had people be like well that's where you deadlift at and I'm like bro this has been a problem since before I started like deadlifting and scraping myself to death like I literally just deadlift what (laughs) Yeah, like, I literally just don't grow leg hair there. And then, so my eyebrows, like, they just grow. Like, if you were to take, like, a ruler and stick it on my forehead, like, where my eyebrows sit, like, hair just grows all right there. Oh, okay. Like, they don't grow in a shape. Oh, so they just it just grows, like, wild and free, like, across your whole entire forehead. Not my whole entire forehead, but just, like, the section... Where your eyebrows right. are supposed to be. Um, right. like Bert and Ernie, like they have like rectangle eyebrows. Yes. Is that you? Yeah, that's how they want to grow. I don't let them grow oh, like that. I love Bert and Ernie. But in the center of my forehead, yeah. I get one thick eyebrow hair. And I'm like, why do you and I pluck it weekly? <laughs> and sometimes like the second I can see it, it's about every three days, I can see it start to pop up and I pull it. I've done this for literally years now, and it still grows. You've got that thing for life. You've got that thing for life. That I is feel a like lifelong. I should almost name it. Like <laughs> you should. It's a lifelong friend. Now you got to embrace. Eyebrow hair. Yeah, I mean, because he, he's always going to come back. Like he's, he's loyal. Like that exit you can't get rid of. He's freaking loyal, though. Think about it. Like that eyebrow hair doesn't care however much. Like however many times you try to get rid of that eyebrow hair. That eyebrow hair is loyal. It keeps coming. That back. eyebrow yeah. hair that's always there. Yes, always that eyebrow there. hair that's always there. You, you gotta said name it. it. You gotta name it. Gotta name it. All right, that's gonna be an Instagram post after this episode. Be like, okay, so what is my eyebrow's hair's name? Your eyebrow hair that always grows in the center here. Yep. I'm not gonna let it grow out long enough to take a picture though. No, not oh happening. My God. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. I was, uh, I was growing some pretty gnarly chin hairs. <laughs> This time last year. I feel like so, I feel like I wouldn't even be as mad if it were on my chin. Like that no, happened. I was like, mad, bro. I was straight up shaving. I was straight up shaving my face. But those are those are for other reasons. Right. <laughs> we, uh, we very briefly had that conversation. Yeah, those are for other reasons. Uh number one, I'm premenopausal and menopause runs very early in my in my family, so I am premenopausal. Um, two, being in the strength sport community and the untested side, um, you know, things tend to uh, make hair grow places that they're not supposed to, you know. <laughs> and, you know, that was, oh, God. I was like, 
there was one day I came to the gym and I was like, bro, I have a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I didn't, but like I was I was being super dramatic, but I was like, but I was shaving those hairs off, man. Like that shit was wild. I'm I'm glad that's not happening anymore. But Thank again, you know, I, I like I have that's something for the Patreon. Again, that there we go. That's exclusive content. I'm just gonna like percentage you in and we can just talk about random shit and that'll be the Patreon. Yep. It's just like random Quinn and Jess conversations. Oh, I'd love it. That'd be that so weren't cool. allowed to be on the actual podcast. <laughs> you can edit out the chin hair commentary. I don't really care, but um yeah, but that shit's funny as hell. Okay, well, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I don't think so. Just that I'm super grateful to, you know, have been on here. I'm super grateful to be, you know, part of Fortress in like the aspect, like the, what am I trying to say? As a head coach and a partner now, like I was already part of Fortress um, at first by default, just because I was just always hanging out with Liz. But then I, you know, Liz coaches me as well and has on and off but like now i'm like partner and head coach like what is going on so i'm super grateful for that and i don't know i'm just super grateful to be alive because life's cool i'm super honored to have had i'm still i'm not gonna lie i'm still like fangirling on the inside it's just the whole thing is crazy for me like me a year ago if she would have known this was gonna happen she would shit herself don't Uh fangirl me until i'm squatting in the mid threes and deadlifting in the fours again like don't don't fangirl me until i'm there back there again (laughs) and we won't talk about bench what an episode guys i am so grateful for jess and her coming on here and sharing her story and just who she is i think she's an incredible incredible human being and i am still fangirling a little bit that she was on my podcast like i cannot lie um I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, Jess will be back. Jess and Liz are going to come back um, closer to the Built Strong Meet and do like a threesome episode about meat prep and really get in-depth and talk about um, Built Strong and they don't know it yet. So, hey, Liz, Jess, you guys are going to come back on and do an episode that's in-depth about meat prep and Built Strong together and it's going to be a threesome and I already have a name picked out for it and it's hilarious um (laughs) love you guys um next week guys next week I have more than one special guest I I have something rolled up my sleeve and it's going to be the funniest episode I've ever published like I promise you that like I don't know that I'll ever top a like as far as funny goes I don't know that I'll ever top an episode um next week has it's like it's gonna be it'll probably be one of my favorite episodes because my favorite people are gonna be on here some of my favorite people um I don't want to give too much away but just wait until it releases you'll probably cry from laughing so hard and I feel like we need that we've had quite a few like in-depth serious episodes um which is good because I feel like sharing your story helps empower other people and motivate other people and inspire other people but this one is just going to be for shits and gigs it is a shitty giggy no that's awful it's a funny time you're gonna laugh your ass off so be here next week Uh, be here listen here turn deadlifts and daddy issues on next week to hear about all the daddy issues i can't fucking wait guys you're hot you're beautiful you're amazing you're strong you're smart you're 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 irresistible and you're indestructible and i hope that you have the best fucking week ever and i will see see i will hear i will be with next week we will be together listening to this podcast i still don't know what like you can't say i'll see you next week because it's a podcast i'm not seeing you but next week we'll be together on deadlifts and daddy issues okay (laughs) i love you so much and i cannot wait for you to hear next week's episode goodbye